Today's daf is Samech Vav. In Psachim, we're going to be starting with a new parak, which is on Samech Amud Bet. Basically going to deal with um, a detail. The, these these Prakim, the, the previous parak, this parak, the next parak, uh, and the one after, deal essentially with the Korban Pesach. Uh, this one deals with a particular point, especially the first Mishnah here. Elu Dvarim Pesach Tochinet Shabbat. We know that Korban Pesach overrides Shabbat. In other words, the, the Korban Pesach involves a lot of Chilul Shabbat, you know, so to speak. It involves Shechita and the uh, placing of the uh, Korban on the altar and all of these things. Normally, in, in the framework of Korbanot, we don't think too much about Chilul Shabbat because there's Korbanot in the Bet HaMikdash every Shabbat. But individual Korbanot, there are not. So, in other words, a person can't bring his individual personal Korban on Shabbat ever. We only have communal no. Korbanot. Of course not. So, so, therefore, you know, we only have the communal Korbanot. So, Korban Pesach is a, kor, is a personal Korban. So, it's a Chidush that you'd be allowed to bring, it's really, an, it's a, you know, that you'd be allowed to bring a personal korban on Shabbat, because normally you could not do that. So, so Mishnah says, These are the aspects of the process that override Shabbat. Okay, the push Shabbat aside, slaughtering of the Pesach, throwing of the blood, that's the cleaning out of the uh, innards from waste, and also the placing of the fats on the altar. But with the, when it comes to roasting of it, you can't do that. Um, and also washing it off. In other words, removing the waste, yes, the Gemara will discuss it more. Removing the waste, yes, but cleaning it off, uh, washing it off, rinsing it off, uh, it, it is not going to uh, override Shabbat. And b- basically because it's a pos- anything it's possible to do in the evening times because uh, parts that you're going to eat of the Korban, and things that are going to go on the altar obviously have to be done on the day of Shabbat, when Erev Pesach falls on Shabbat, because you have to complete the Hakrava, you have to complete the, the offering of the Korban. But anything that relates to the body of the Pesach, generally we'll leave it until after Shabbat. The only thing that we can't do is we have to, rem- we have to deal with anything that would lead to the spoiling of the meat, which is basically what the Gemara is going to say. So cleaning out the waste from it so it doesn't become putrid and you know skinning it, we're going to have to do because otherwise it will become ruined. Uh, from the heat or from the, uh, you know, from absorbing, you know, the bad taste from the waste and stuff like that. So it wouldn't be able, so that we are allowed to do on Shabbat, but otherwise not. And Harkavato, carrying the animal, let's say your animal, you want to carry it on your back, you can't do that on Shabbat. Bringing it from outside the Tchum. Also, if you want, if it has a, uh, it has a, uh, a, 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 some kind of a blemish on it, like a wart or something like that, that you want to remove because it makes the Korban invalid, normally you'd be able to remove the wart from an animal or the mum from an animal to make it kasher for the korban, that wouldn't be a problem. But since it's Shabbat, you can't do that. And the Rashi says you can't even do that with your teeth or with your, you know, an, an indirect way. You're not allowed to do it on Shabbat because it's something that could have been done. The basic principle is Shabbat because these are all things that could have been done before Shabbat. Bring it into town ahead of time. You know, you don't need to do any of these things. On Shabbat itself. However, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, and we should be not surprised at all that Rabbi Eliezer would have this opinion, Tochin, all of these things override Shabbat. As we've seen throughout uh, Shas, basically, and particularly in Masechet Shabbat, in the parak called Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer de Mila, we know that Rabbi Eliezer is of the opinion that pretty much any positive mitzvah overrides Shabbat. In, including all of the preparations for that mitzvah. He includes the lulav and sukkah and shofar, everything. He thinks that every mitzvah, that there's a positive mitzvah that requires preparations, overrides Shabbat, including carrying it to the synagogue, everything. He would say He would say that all these things are allowed for the mitzvah of Pesach. Amar Rabbi Eliezer. I can't hear you. Everything in the kula. 
not every. I don't want to make such a broad statement, but he says that the positive mitzvah overrides the, the Shabbat. So whatever is necessary to make the mitzvah happen. Whereas the, the distinction is that the Chachamim are saying that only things that you couldn't do before. Right? So, Rabbi Eliezer, it's logic. If you can do Shechita and Shabbat, which is actually Melacha, it's one of the Melachot, 39 Melachot, Shechita, you're allowed to do it. So, so these, uh, uh, these things which are like carrying it on your back is actually only Durabanan because we say Chai no Really, if you carry a living creature, it's not really considered carrying an object in the Rishut Arabim. If you bring something from outside the Techum, it's only Rabbinic. Or if you take off the Mum from the animal in a way which is not the normal way, like with your fingernails or something like that instead of a knife, it's not the normal way to do it. So what's the problem? Why shouldn't you be able to break Rabbinic rules of Shabbat for the sake of a mitzvah if you could even do the shechitav the korban for the, you know, on Shabbat so, I'll show you a proof that that kind of thinking doesn't work because look at Yom Tov because on Yom Tov right on Yom Tov you're allowed to do melacha for cooking but the rabbis still have restrictions in other words even though you're allowed to cook you're not allowed to bring food from outside the techum you're not allowed to bring it from outside the boundary. You're not allowed to do, perform other violations of Yom Tov for the sake of food. Just because there are certain things that you're allowed to do doesn't mean that there's no rabbinic rules, muktzeh, or bringing things from outside the tchum that are there. So here too, even though there are certain things that might even be melachot that are allowed for the Korban Pesach, that doesn't mean that we throw every rabbinic rule out the window. That's what, that's what he's answering. Amar lo, Rabbi Yoshua. So that's what Rabbi Yoshua said, sorry. Right, Amalo, Rabbi Eliezer, Maza Yoshua. Remember, Yoshua is his student, so he's allowed to call him, you know, by his first name. He says, what are you talking about? You're getting confused because you're talking about Rishut versus Mitzvah. Here we're talking about a Mitzvah doing the Korban Pesach. You have to do these actions for the Korban Pesach. Your, your, your Korban Pesach has a, has a wart on it. You have to remove it to do the Mitzvah. You're, it's outside the Tchum, you have to bring it. It's part of the mitzvah. You're talking about some guy who wants to bring some uh, cucumbers from outside the tachum. Okay, so eat something else. Well, you don't need to eat that on Yom Tov. It's not a mitzvah to eat a particular thing you want to bring from outside the tachum. Eat something else. But the korban pesach is korban pesach. So heishiv Rabbi Akiva, v'amar Rabbi Akiva said, I'll bring you a better proof. Hazatochiach shei mishum mitzvah v'mishum shavut v'nadochat haShabbat. I'll give you an example. A person who has to do the hazaa, the hazaa is the splashing of the para aduma ashes on the person. They need the para aduma ashes to be placed on them, and it's the seventh day of their tumah. They have to have it by yom shlishi by yom It says in the Torah they have to have the para aduma ashes put on them by yom shlishi by yom And if they don't do it that day, meaning that Shabbat is the day, their seventh day. If they don't do the para aduma ashes, if they don't receive their seventh day treatment of para aduma that day, there's no way they're going to be able to have the korban pesach, and that's only isur de rabbanan. The rabbis prohibited us from doing spl- the korban pesach sprinkling on Shabbat because what melachat not a melacha to sprinkle water on somebody, but because you are changing the status of the person, it's like a creating of a new thing. So they said it's asur mid rabbanan. Okay, and yet they don't allow the person to, uh, to do that. They don't allow the person to undergo the para aduma process on Shabbat, even though he needs it for the Korban Pesach. So you see that they didn't waive laws that are rabbinic for the sake of a Korban Pesach just because. It's a good proof, Rabbi Akiva says there. Right? They did not. So why would they do? So he's trying to show them a proof. 
that you, that you see that they didn't just allow you to do any rabbinic violation in order to bring your Korban Pesach. They didn't. So he says, uh, so Amalo Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer said back, I don't agree with that either. He says, I think that's wrong what they do. He says, actually, you, I, I, I disagree with your whole point. Right? Yeah, for the same reason. Right? I, I think I skipped part of his argument. I said, Afata al titma. Right? Al elo. I skipped that line, but that was, I said it, but I didn't say, I didn't read it inside. Right? He's saying, just like you see that they didn't override the rabbinic rule against doing para aduman Shabbat for the sake of the person doing the Korban Pesach, they also didn't allow them to break other rabbinic rules on Shabbat just for the sake of bringing the Korban Pesach. And Rabbi Eliezer answers and says, that itself is a problem. I disagree with that too. They should let the guy do the para aduman Shabbat. What's the problem? It's very interesting because this is one of the very few Mishnayot that include a big back and forth between the Tanaim. Usually it just says, Rabbi Eliezer says this, and Rabbi Yoshua says that, and then the Gemara will bring a Tosefta or some other source that fleshes out the argument. Once in a while you have this like one in Bava Kama that I could think of. There's a couple here and there once in a while you have like a lengthy back and forth between the Tanaim. It's interesting to see. But Amala Rabbi Akiva, Oh, Chiluf. Maybe we'll say the opposite. You know what? I'm gonna, he's playing devil's advocate, like we say here, right? He says, He says, He says, I'm gonna go the opposite way. I'm gonna be even more religious. I'm gonna say, if you see that the rabbis didn't allow you to break the rabbinic rule, of doing paraduman Shabbat, even for the sake of Korban Pesach, Kalvachomer, we should not allow you to do the Shechitah of the Korban Pesach. Because that is an actual Melacha. Exactly, don't do it then. Rabbi Akiva is sort of playing devil's advocate. He's flipping the reasoning. Right? He's saying, why, why don't you go that way? Amar Rabbi Eliezer Akiva. He said to him, he was his student, so he's allowed to call him by his first name. He said, listen, you're, now you're invalidating what it actually says in the Torah, Bimo'ado. It says you have to bring the korban bimo'ado at its proper time. Ben b'chol be Shabbat. It doesn't matter whether it's weekday or Shabbat. You can't you can't lose use logic to undermine what the what's written in the Torah. That's not going to work. Amalo Rabbi. So the so he said to him, okay, now you know this was all a trick. Rabbi Akiva is very uh, devious. Okay, he backed him into a corner. So he first said he got him to bring up bimo'ado. This is bimo'ado. It has to be done at its proper time. Oh, so so you agree. It has to be done at its proper time. So, hacha, haveli moed laelo, kemoed shchita. Show me that there is a time limit on these, like there's a time limit on the shchita. In other words, he's saying to him, why do we have the shchita that it has to be done on, on Shabbat when Erev Pesach falls on Shabbat? Because there's a fixed time. It has to be done then. You have no choice. But all these other things you could have done before. That's exactly the point. In other words, Rabbi Akiva cornered him by saying, okay, so according to you, why can't we just flip it around the other way and say, if we don't bend rabbinic rules for the sake of Korban Pesach, we definitely shouldn't bend biblical rules. And he said, no, no, no. It says, it has to be done at its proper time. And therefore, the shechita definitely has to be done. So Rabbi Akiva says, okay, so you're agreeing with me. Things that have to be done at their proper time. But these rabbinic things, such as, carrying it from outside the Tachum and so on, didn't need to be, or removing the wart from the animal, didn't need to be done on Shabbat. Could have been done before, so that's why we don't allow them. Klal Amar Rabbi Akiva. Here's the rule. Shabbat. Shabbat. 
Only something that cannot be done before Shabbat overrides Shabbat. Something that could be done before doesn't override Shabbat. And this is the, the argument with Rabbi Eliezer throughout the Shas about all the mitzvot. Because he says the same thing about Brit Milah. Brit Milah overrides Shabbat. So therefore Rabbi Eliezer said, if you don't have a knife, no problem. Cut down a forest of trees, burn it into charcoal, make metal and make a knife. And, you know, definitely you could carry the knife if you needed to on Shabbat. You could do whatever you needed on Shabbat for the sake of Brit Milah according to Rabbi Eliezer, and we wouldn't make any distinction. The halacha is no, only what can't be done before. But anything that can be done before, we don't allow you to do it on Shabbat. This is the argument between Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim Now, right. you want, yes. Like at Chila, you should do it before, but now you didn't, and now you have to bring it it's to the bad. Door. That's your problem, not mine. Now, the Gemara says, Tanu Rabbanan, the Rabbi said, very famous story. This halacha was forgotten by Bnei B'terah. How so? Because Pamachat, very famous story about how Hillel became the Nasi. Okay, how did Hillel become the Nasi? It wasn't politics. He didn't know somebody. He wasn't his cousin making decision, right? And it happened. The Bnei B'terah who were in charge, they couldn't remember. It was Erev Pesach. It was like this year, right? And they couldn't remember. They couldn't remember. You know, it's been a while since Pesach fell out on Shabbat. What is the halacha? Do we have Korban Pesach? Do we not? Because as I was saying before, it's a unique situation because normally communal korbanot override Shabbat only. An individual can never bring a personal korban on Shabbat. And the korban Pesach is essentially an individual korban because you're going to bring it home and you're going to eat it with your family. It's a personal obligation. It's not communal. It's sort of a mix because you see on one hand, it's an individual korban. On the other hand, it has to be done with kol kahal adat Yisrael ben It has to be with everyone together. You have to have these huge groups. It can't be done alone. It has to be done, like we said, with 10 or 30 people at a time, minimum. So it, it has a communal element to it, but it's personal. So the, the fact that there's, they weren't sure, well, you know, are you allowed to do it on Shabbat? Now they said, klum yesh adam shiodea. They said, is there anybody who knows whether Korban Pesach overrides Shabbat? Imlav or not? They said, There's a certain guy who came from Babylonia. His name is Hillel the Babylonian. We know this Hillel. He's very famous. He has famous stories in Masachet Shabbat about the guy trying to annoy him on Erev Shabbat and all that. We, we know this Hillel, but, but he wasn't known then. He wasn't known yet. He just came to Eretz Israel at this time. He served the two great people, Shemayav Avtalion, who were the great leaders of the previous generation. And he'll know the answer. So they asked him, they called him over. They said to him, You studied with the greatest minds in the world for so many years. What is the halacha? Does the Korban Pesach override Shabbat? He said to them, He said to them, he said, do we only have one Pesach that overrides Shabbat per year? He said, there's more than 200 Pesachim, meaning there's a Korban Tamid every single Shabbat. You never asked about that. Hmm. You know, that, that, that every single Shabbat, you have the Korban Tamid. So what are you asking all of a sudden? You, we have more than 200 Shabbat, 365. You know, I, I guess, no, how many, how many are there? There's, I guess says there's 52 weeks and, and you have the Korban Tamid in addition to the Musaf. Right, you have two and you have the Musaf. Right, so it's, right, you have the, right. Because you're going to have, you're going to have the uh, two of the Musaf and the two of the, uh, of the Korban Tamid. That's why I said four. So it's four per Shabbat, really, technically. And then times 52. So it's more, more than 200. Right. 
Right, but they, but not for sure. So you know, not not the number varies per year. So he's giving you oh, at least at least two hundred, right? So amulo minayin lecha. How do you know though? Amalehem namar moado bapesa. What about moado tamid? It says the word moado in both cases. Ma moado amur bitamid, right? Lachrivli bemoado amir anosh chodesh, right? Right? It says lachrivli bemoado. Zei shesh the kibul hashem, right? Zei shesh. Where's where's the pasuk? It says bemoado. I'm trying to get it in my mind by heart. Right now, it's in the beginning of the reading of the uh, of the of Rosh Chodesh, right? Yeah, we read it every day, actually. Yeah, so it says so. I'm not the Vilna so I have to read from the beginning of my mind in the beginning of the paragraph to get the pasuk right. Otherwise, I, if I try to go in the middle or backwards, it doesn't work. So, so just like we see that Mo'ado means you bring it every day, even Shabbat, right, with the Korban Tamid. So it also says Mo'ado in Korban Pesach, right, because it says, that's in Balotcha, right, they did it Bimo'ado. So the word at its time appears in both. It's also a kalvachomer because you see that the korban tamid is brought every single Shabbat, even though there's no karet. If you didn't bring the korban tamid, okay, the community failed, but there's no karet. But if a person willingly doesn't bring korban pesach, that that's, uh, that comes with karet. It's one of only two positive commandments that if you purposely fail to fulfill them, brit milah and korban pesach, you get karet. So it's a very it's very serious. So if the korban tamid overrides Shabbat, definitely pesach should. So miyad, what did they do? Hoshivuhu, they didn't put him in cherem and say, "How dare you think you know more than us?" We're never, you know, we're going to now say that you're you're not good and your family lineage is bad, and we're going to try to yeah, right. They're trying to marginalize him. I know I'm just saying what they do today. <laughs> when a rabbi speaks up that knows more than the establishment, they say, "Well, he doesn't really know. He doesn't know anything, and I don't know who we, we came from." They didn't do that. Miyad hoshivuhu berosh. Right, they put him at the they put him at the head of the uh, community. Uminu nasi alehem. They said you're going to be the leader. Right, so then he starts teaching halachot of Pesach. But he started getting tough with them, which is interesting because we know Hillel is the very humble person that you know he gets annoyed constantly by the guy who who lost a lot of money because he made a big wager that he was going to be able to annoy him, and he came on Erev Shabbat to drive him crazy, and it didn't work. So we know that he's very humble, but he was giving him a hard time. You know why it is. That I became the, the leader of you guys, and I came all the way from Bavil, and out of nowhere I had to become the leader? It's your laziness. Because you did not serve the two great people like I did. What does he say? See, you can interpret that as arrogant, but it's also possible to interpret it differently. That he's trying to be humble. He's basically saying, I'm not really greater than you. You guys just didn't take advantage of what I did. Right, you don't have to necessarily read it as that he was he's arrogant. He's actually downplaying himself. He's saying, you know, it's not that I'm anybody special, it's because you guys didn't take advantage of the opportunity to learn. Right? So but then what happened? What happens if the person forgot to bring the knife on Arab Shabbat? In other words, we have we know that the Korban Pesach overrides Shabbat. But what about if the guy if the materials are not there, like a Brit Milah, for example, same thing. You forgot to bring the knife before Shabbat. What do you do? He's like, Oh, you got me, I forgot that one. Right? So he was just telling them how they, you know, they didn't learn. And then now he forgot. 
right? He said, leave the Jewish people alone. If they're not prophets themselves, they are they're the children of prophets. Let's see what they do. Whatever their minhag is that they do, that's probably what the halacha is. They said, the next day, anybody who was Pesach was Tale, was a sheep. So he put it in the tzemer. He put it into the, uh, the tzemer. He put it into the, uh, into the uh, wool of the, he stuck it in to the right. wool and they would carry it, right? Of the sheep. They have the sheep. Me, the sheep. Yeah. And if somebody had a, a goat, because you could use either a goat or a sheep for that, put it between the horns. In other words, they put it, they stuck it on the animal and had the animal bring it. That was what they did. So he said, I saw that and he said, wow, now I remember. That's exactly what Shemayi Vavdalion said I had forgotten. They said that what do you do if you forgot to bring the knife? You can't carry the knife in the public domain on Shabbat. So what do you do? You put it on the animal and the animal brings it. Right? So the, so the, the point is that um, you know, this is only talking about obviously Erev Pesach Shechal B'Shabbat because a regular Erev Pesach is a week that you could bring the knife. Now, Amar Mor, the Master said, Amar Mor, the Pesach, and Amar Mor, the Tamit. It says the word Moado by Pesach and also by the Korban Tamit. Ma Moado, Amor B'Tamit. So just like we see that the word Mo'ado in its proper time when it talks about the Korban Tamid means that it overrides Shabbat so too with the Mo'ado of Pesach But how do you know that that word Mo'ado means that it overrides Shabbat? Where are you getting that from? And actually because It's a funny thing it's actually circular if you think about it right? Because and this is the point right? that that, that if the word bimo'ado by itself means that something overrides Shabbat, then you don't need to say just like it says on Pesach bimo'ado, it also says bitamid bimo'ado, because the word bimo'ado means even Shabbat. So you don't need to connect bimo'ado of Pesach to bimo'ado of tamid, because bimo'ado by itself means even on Shabbat, and it says it in Pesach. So why do you have to make a, a reference to the tamid? Right, so the word bimo'ado by itself must not mean to automatically include Shabbat because if it did, then why do you need to connect the two? It says the same word in both cases, right? So therefore, ela mo'ado lo mashmale, hachana mo'ado lo mashmale. It can't be that the word bimo'ado by itself necessarily means that it overrides Shabbat because then you wouldn't need any gzerah Shabbat. You don't need to draw any anything but any connection between the Tamid and the Pesach because they both have that word. We know this pasuk. We know that it says the olat shabbat b'shabato, meaning the offering of shabbat, the musaf uh, of shabbat, the musaf offering of shabbat is al olat tamit, right? Which means in 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 addition to the olat tamit, which is why it's called the musaf because it's in addition, right? Miklal olat tamit. Which shows you that obviously the korban of the uh, the regular korban tamid is brought on Shabbat because if the regular korban tamid was not brought on Shabbat, then the idea of a musaf has no meaning because musaf means it's added on to right onto olat tamid. So therefore, what are we saying? We're saying that we know that the korban of the, the that the musaf of Shabbat is added on to the korban olah, the regular tamid of uh, on Shabbat. So that means that the tamid of Shabbat is the the regular tamid is brought even on Shabbat. We see that right, and then we use the word bimoado and say just like it says. Bimoado in the case of Tamid, and we know that the Tamid is brought even on Shabbat. So too, it says the word Bimoado in its proper time with Pesach, 
And that means Pesach is brought even on Shabbat. Amar more the master said, Ve'od kal v'chomer. And then Hillel brought also a kal v'chomer. Uma tamid tenen ushkaret dochet ha-Shabbat. Since the tamid, which doesn't have any penalty, a severe penalty, let's say that people failed to bring the korban tamid, it would be bad, but it's not karet, right? Pesach shanush karet, and odin shdochet ha-Shabbat. So when it comes to Pesach, obviously, there's a isur karet that should definitely override Shabbat. So Gemara says, ikala mifrach, but you could always, you could always negate this kal v'chomer. You could disprove it. Because because a korban tamid is totally different. First of all, it's every single day. The whole concept is tadir. It's every single day. Right? Number one. Number two, kalil. It's totally burnt, meaning it's given to God completely. Whereas the korban pesach is once a year, and it's for me to eat it. 90, 95% of it is eaten by the owners. And so it's my own dinner. Right? And it's not even eaten on Shabbat. It's going to be eaten the night after. Right? So, so it's... Um, so, so therefore... Um, so, so therefore, the Kalvachomer doesn't work perfectly because the Korban Tamid is more convincing why it should be able to be brought on Shabbat because it's brought every single day and it's totally for God, not for the person. So it says, you know what, that's true. Kalvachomer What happened was that he first told them the Kalvachomer and he said, if the Tamid where there's no Karet is brought on, even on Shabbat, then the Pesach, which is, which has Karet with it, should definitely be brought on Shabbat. And they said to him, that's not a good argument because the Korban Tamid by definition is every single day and it's given to God. God. This is something that's once and it's your dinner. So why are you comparing the two? And then... Right, but it's mostly for you. The food is mostly for you. It's saying it's a... Mostly you don't bring a personal korban. That's the whole point. You don't bring a personal korban on Shabbat. You're mainly eating it. Right? So it says, So therefore what? And then he gave them the Gzera Shabbat and said, Well, it says bimo'ado in the case of the Tamid. And it says bimo'ado in the case of Pesach. So just like Tamid... Is on Shabbat also Pesach is on Shabbat. So if that's true that he had this Gzerah Shabbat already, why does he bother with the Kalva Chomer that's going to be refuted anyway? So Ela ledidu kamalo. He said to them, A person doesn't invent his own Gzerot Shabbat. It's something you learn from tradition. You learn from your teacher. And since you didn't have the same teachers as me, maybe you won't accept. You won't have this Gzerah Shabbat that there's a connection between the word Bimoado and Pesach and the word Bimoado and Tamid because that's not something a person invents. It's something he receives as a tradition. So I'm giving you logic. But you should expect, you should accept my logic. If I give you logic, you should accept it because logic you don't need to learn from your teacher. You you can use logic that's uh, you know on your own. So therefore, but But once they saw that the Kalvachomer didn't work, he said, okay, then I'm going to bring out my, uh, my, my Gzera Shavah that I learned and show you that Bimoado appears in Korban Tamid, Bimoado appears in Korban Pesach to tell you that both of them override Shabbat. And it says, And now we saw that the people transported their knives using the animals. So the thing is, but there's a problem because how can you use, you're not allowed to use a korban to carry something for you. That's Abu Dhabi Kodashi. So it says, Kehilel, they did like Hillel says elsewhere. A person during the time of Hillel would never commit milah. He would never inappropriately benefit from his korban because even if you lean on it for a second or something, it's considered benefiting from it. You have to be very careful. So what did he tell people to do? He would tell people, just bring the animal before you consecrate it all the way to the Beit HaMikdash and then you should just consecrate it at the last minute because if you consecrate it before, you might lean on it, you might will put rest your weight on it, you don't know what you're going to do. So you don't want to commit that sin, so bring it all the way to the Beit HaMikdash first and then consecrate it the second before you do the Shechita. 
Okay, so Pesach b'Shabbat Echem Matzah Magdish Lei. But wait a second, how can you consecrate a korban Pesach on Shabbat? That's not within the Mishnah. In Magdishin, in Marichin, in Machrimin, in Magbin Torah Masrot. Right? It says that you're not allowed. This is a. Uh, it says in Masachet Betzah, you're not allowed to consecrate things or to do Marichin. Is when you do Arachim. When you say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the value of this person. We learned in Masachet Arachim, the value of this person. I'm gonna give to the Beit Hamikdash. Uh, you're not allowed to do Machrimim. Is another kind of a contribution where you consecrate something to the Bedekabait, uh, to the to the temple upkeep, and you're not allowed to take Chuman Maser, all these on Yom Tov you can't do so. Kalvachomer Bishabbat. So how can you then consecrate your Koban Pesach on Shabbat? The answer is really self-evident. In other words, that's talking about things that you don't have to do on Shabbat. It's not relevant to Shabbat. But if it's something that's relevant right now, you're about to actually bring the Korban right now, there's no problem. Right? You're separating Truma that you're going to give Three days from now, don't do it now. You're you're making a you're consecrating something that's going to be given to the Beit Hamikdash after Shabbat or Yom Tov. You're not going to go give them the money on Shabbat or Yom Tov, so don't do it now. But when you're standing there on Pesach and you're doing your korban Pesach, it's just part of the procedure. It's no problem. Because Rabbi Yochanan said that you can consecrate your korban Pesach on Shabbat or your chagiga is the korban that the other korban that we uh, that we would have at the dinner of Pesach also. Um, but uh, but they would they would also have it on Yom Tov as part of the meal, right? Chagiga, Korban Chagiga. When people would come for any of the Chagim, they bring Korban Chagiga, you're allowed to consecrate it on the holiday. But, but what about another problem? But, so that's the problem of Kodashim. So to deal with the issue of benefiting from the Kodashim, we say that they didn't consecrate it until they got there. So it was allowed to carry the knife for them. But then, Valom Mechamer, what about the fact that on Shabbat, you're not allowed to have an animal carry a burden for you? That's a separate thing. Right? The animal's supposed to rest. How are you putting the animal to work for you? Lav de Mechamer, it's called Mechamer Yad. This is done with a Shinui though. Right? It's done in an unusual way. You're putting it in the animal's hair. You're putting it between the horns. That's not the way that you have an animal carry for you. And we know that melachot that are done, bishinui, with an unusual way, are not usually considered as serious. But still, nehi de isura, right? So kilachana yadnami, even if it's done unusually, nehi de isura de oraita leka. There's no biblical prohibition, but isura midura banan ika. But you're still doing a rabbinical prohibition to have your animal carry for you in an unusual way. That was exactly the question they were asking Hillel. That if you have something which is permitted according to the Torah, like putting the knife in the hair of the animal and having it carry it there, since that's not really the normal way to carry it, right? Is it allowed? So in other words, you're really biblically you'd be allowed to do it, but it's rabbinically prohibited. When you have a mitzvah in front of you, like doing the Korban Pesach, and you need this knife to get to the Beit HaMikdash, can you break the rabbinic prohibition of putting the knife into the hair of the animal and having it carry it? That was exactly the question. And he said, I forgot. I know I heard this, but I forgot. Let the Jewish people do what they will do. And we'll see, uh, since they, they may not be prophets, but they're they're ancestors were and they'll know the right thing and that was what everyone did he said ah, I guess the halacha is that you can bend the rules of a dirabanan when there's a mitzvah in front of you that needs to be done now Amar Yudah and we get into a little Agadah here Kola here because it's, it's talking about the fact that you know Hillel when he criticized the people for not be, for being lazy all of a sudden he forgot what the halacha was himself right so it says anybody who is mitya who kind of holds himself above others 
Right? Im chachamu, chokhmatam mistaleket mimenu. If he's a chacham, he's gonna lose his chokhma. Im navihu, nevotam mistaleket mimenu. If he's a navi, he's gonna lose his prophecy. Im chachamu, im chachamu, chokhmatam mistaleket mimenu, mehilel. Right? So where do we see an example of a chacham that lost his chokhmah in the moment that he was acting a little bit arrogant? That was Hillel. The master said, because he started giving the people a hard time. And in that moment he had to admit, in other words, it's how Hashem humbles you. That when you get too high on yourself, all of a sudden you have to humble yourself because you forgot something. Oh, I'm not so perfect. Not so, yeah. so that, yeah, that seems to be criticizing him. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, it's going to say yeah, that. Right. And if he's a Navi, he's going to lose Nevoah, but the first example they give is from Dvorah. Because Dichtiv, because it, when, when Dvorah is in Shirat Dvorah, she's kind of praising herself. I think it's in the Haftarah this week, no? Isn't it Bishalach Haftarah's, uh, is it uh, this, this week that we read it? I think so, yeah. So, Chadlupo uh, Zombi Yisrael Chadelosh said that there was no, uh, that people were not allowed to live in the open areas because they were too, they were being terrorized so much by the, uh, uh, by the, the non Jewish uh, oppression. Ad Shakamti Dvorah, until I Dvorah rose up. Shakamti Embiasa, she's praising herself that until I rose up, they weren't able to, uh, they weren't able to live without walls and, you know, all kinds of security because they were persecuted so much, right? Right? And Uchtiv, Uri Uri Dvorah. Uri Uri Dabri Shir. And then in the next Pasuk it says, Wake up, Dvorah, wake up and sing. Meaning, she lost her prophecy in the middle because she started to praise herself about how she was so great. And then all of a sudden she lost her focus. She lost her prophetic inspiration in the middle of the song. And, um, and, and, and suddenly she had to, uh, uh, suddenly she had to reawaken herself. Reish Lakish, Amar Koladam Shikoes. Rash Lakish says the same is true about someone who gets angry. Same thing is true about getting angry. The, pro- the wise man loses his wisdom, the Navi, the prophet loses the prophecy. Because we learn that from Moshe Rabbeinu about Chuchma. Because it, yeah, they're connected to each other always. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. You're right. Because it says when they came back from Milchemet Midian, Moshe Rabbeinu gets angry at them. It's a, these are the two Midot that the Rambam says. There are two Every Midah you should be in the middle, but there are two Midot you should be to the side of uh, an extreme away from it. One is anger, and the other one is Anava. Anava, you should be more... Uh, you should have more anava than than is than you think is 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 in the middle. You shouldn't be moderate. You should be more. And 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 when it comes to anger, you should be far away from it, right? So it says. He tells them the laws of hechsher kelim, basically how they should um, how they should uh, take the kelim that they brought from Midian and and make them kosher. Right? So, Moshe Rabbeinu forgot. He forgot about it because he got so angry with them that they brought the women back. Right? They, they didn't kill... They, it says that you, you kept for yourselves the women and the, and the young children. So that he got very angry and he forgot some halakha. Similarly, uh, if he's a Navi, he will lose his nevuah if he gets angry because Elisha, we learn from Elisha, because when... Because it happened that when, uh, when Elisha came to, uh, uh, to confront Ahav, and he was with Yehoshaphat. So really he said, I wouldn't have anything to do with you. Right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have anything to do with you if it were not for the fact that Yehoshaphat, who was a king, who was a good king, so he said, I, I wouldn't have come, I wouldn't have seen your face. Right? So he was, I'm sorry, Yoram, not, uh, it was Yoram, it wasn't, it was, it was the next generation. Right? So he says, if, if it were not for the fact that you were with Yehoshaphat, who was a good king, I wouldn't see your face because you're a bad king. 
Okay, because he, he was the descendant of Achav. This was the next generation after Achav, because Eliyahu was with Achav, and Elisha was with uh, Yoram. And after that he said, bring me a, a, a music player. And then he had to ask for a musician to calm himself down because his prophecy left him. In other words, because he got angry and he gave like a very harsh rebuke to Yehoram. So at that moment that his, uh, his prophecy left him and he needed to bring a musician so he could calm himself down and regain his prophetic perspective again. And Amar Rabbi Mani Bar Patish, also Rabbi Mani Hammerson would be his name in English, right? <laughs> Bar Patish, right? Bar Patish. Anybody who gets angry, even if they, uh, even if they, um, uh, they gave him, they attributed to him, they were planning and giving him greatness. They'll still put him down. In other words, they might, they might, that's what happened to uh, Howard Dean. Remember that? And when he lost his temper, started screaming, and then he, uh, from that one screaming speech, he became like, uh, he lost his, we learned from Eliav, who was the brother of David. Because when David came to, to look at the battlefield where Goliath was terrorizing all of the uh, Jewish soldiers, so it says that Eliav got upset with it. And, uh, and he says, because he said to him, I know why you came here. You're just a, you just came for entertainment. You know, you're supposed to be working with the sheep. And what did you do? You came down here to get some entertainment and watch the soldiers fighting on the battlefield. Ah, get, go home already. What are you doing here? So Eliav was being, you know, got angry at David for coming down. Of course, David is the one who eventually defeats Goliath. And it's like embarrassment to everyone. But the point is that he, he's, he is mean. To him, the brother of David, the older brother. David is the youngest one. Right? He was the youngest one, and therefore right? And and you see that uh, uh, that when when he came down, when um, when when Shmuel came to uh, to uh, you know to to anoint uh, the the new king that Hashem sent him. So it says. Uh, uh, so bechalut, it's it's in, in that case he, uh, he 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 basically gave he gave him a negative report. Ketiv lo baze bachar Hashem uveliav ketiv vayom Hashem el Shmuel al talbit tabit el mareu veel gov all of the other ones bechulu the rest of them it says ki baze lo baze bachar Hashem because you know, you know the story that he goes through all of them. And then in the end, he says, you don't have another son here? I mean, and he says, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly, uh, I really believe that's where they got that story for sure. The sto- it has to be. So, yeah, the story of, uh, uh, the story of, uh, of Cinderella, because the, it's, it's clearly they borrowed the same thing. There's nobody else here that has any feet that we could try. No, there's nobody here. For sure, they must have gotten I always thought Grimm Brothers, it's a Grimm Brothers uh, story. I, I was always sure that they, they, they brought it from that, right? It goes What? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> they went through all the. They went through all of the sons and said no. So all of them, he said that lo uh, This is not the one Hashem chose. There's got to be another one. But with Eliav, the first one, the oldest one, he said something negative. Right? Hashem said to him, "Don't look at his appearance." Hashem says, "Don't look at his tall stature because I've hated him. I've rejected him." That's a pretty harsh thing. 
Meaning, until that point, Hashem liked him, but now he rejected him. Meaning, Eliav would have been great in Hashem's eyes, but he said, he said more than just, this is not the one I chose. He says, I've hated him, I've despised him. Meaning, before he was, you know, he held himself to be so great and he was a- acting in an angry, imperious way. I liked him, but now I don't like him. And that's, so you see from there that Eliav fell from grace, as they say, uh, in the eyes of Hashem, as a, and, and the, the, uh, uh, the rabbis are saying that's because of the mean way that he treated David at the battlefield. So, yeah.